Welcome to the Live 1002 podcast, where simple actions are multiplying into extraordinary impact around the world when we live Luke 10, verse 2. Joining us today are Bob and Mary from Ecuador, sharing about the harvest that is plentiful during a homebound quarantine, from the gospel and trainings exploding across Latin America through the phone and the computer, and miraculous stories of God at work in the harvest. I think probably my favorite story from the harvest right now is about a young man named Gerardo. He's from Venezuela, living in Ecuador. Pastor Mario trained him in how to share his testimony in the gospel. He took him out to the street, had him raise his hand, and he prayed for him and commissioned him as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And in 12 days, Gerardo led 32 people to Christ, and they're now in discipleship. That's my favorite so far from the harvest. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Bob and Mary, would you tell us a little bit about your all story? Well, long story short, we um, received or repented and believed and came to Christ in um, Portland, Oregon uh, at an Amway convention, believe it or not. So we always joke about the fact that we found God in a box of soap, but actually he found us. <laughs> but we never joined Amway, but they, the guy gave a great gospel presentation that we ran forward for um, many, many years ago. Uh, we left, uh, we ended up leaving Oregon and um, long story short, after a period of time, Bob ended up uh, pastoring a church in Kauai, Hawaii. Uh, we were there for 10 years and we were affiliated with the Hope Chapels and um, got a bug for missions and ended up going and spending time with YWAM and uh, went to the Philippines and Okinawa and then ended up in an evangelism school in New Zealand for a year. Uh, all of this with our family, with our children. After that, we ended up in Texas with a ministry called Turning Point Ministries. We had a missions training school and discipleship school outside of Houston, the Houston area. Then the, the Turning Point decided to kind of shift their focus. They'd been heavily involved in street evangelism and discipleship and uh, shifted their focus. And because of it, we had to close down the missionary training school and became part of a legacy church in the Woodlands, Texas. Uh, They were a new church plant and um, Bob became an elder. And we always had a heart for for missions and discipleship and continued to do a lot of short-term trips, lead a lot of short-term trips. Uh, always knew that we had a heart for Latin America and wanted to go, but didn't really have a clear vision. One time uh, when we were um, uh, we were praying, we came down to Quito, Ecuador, and um, some missionaries told us we needed to read a book called There's a Sheep in My Bathtub by Brian Hogan, a YWAMer. After reading it, uh, we were just like, this is what we want to do. We want to start a discipleship-making movement. Um, and so we went back to uh, Texas and began praying and developing a team, raising up a team on a prayer retreat. The Lord gave me a scripture out of Psalm 46, 4. Uh, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And Bob, at the same time, during his prayer time, got a picture of a map 
And in the corner of the map, there was like a call out square. He couldn't really see what, what was going on. He just saw this, this vision. One of the people that was on the prayer retreat with us said, well, the Lord told me to bring a map. She ran to her room and brought this map out. It was a map of Ecuador. And in the corner, there was a call out square with the city of Cuenca with a river running through it. And putting that together with the scripture, there's a river whose streams make glad. Uh, It was just one of those God moments where everybody in the room knew, hey, we're supposed to go to Cuenca, Ecuador. And we'd never been here before, never visited. And so we arrived in Cuenca, Ecuador about 11 years ago with a team of 11 people. Didn't really have the tools and the no place left vision yet, but we were doing everything we could to be mentored by different people in disciple-making movements. And um, then we got invited um, a few years later to a conference in Chicago with Ying Kai and Steve Smith and Jeff Sundell was there and just got very excited about the tools and, and just the vision. And God just kept leading us on this uh, journey and connecting us with people Yin Kai ended up coming down and doing a conference down in, in Cuenca. And we had about 300 people. And out of it, one pastor raised up and said, this is what I want to do. Uh, so we started working with him. Then Jeff Sundell came down several times. And uh, Chuck Wood came down, Ray and Sarah Vaughn. And so we were just blessed to have these new relationships uh, with these um, No Place Left guys. and. Um, uh, without that, I don't think we would have we would have survived or been able to do anything that we've that God's been able to do through us. Um, we've just been so grateful to um, the support we've had and the relationships. Uh, we also were blessed to be able to go to strategy conferences with with um, strategy coordinator conferences with Steve Smith and he and Laura spent time with us, and so we were just so blessed to have that investment in our life. After the first uh, couple years, uh, we lost our whole team to health issues, really serious uh, health issues, um, and they had to leave the field, uh, everything from brain aneurysms to sarcoidosis. It was just the two of us. We came down with a team of 11 and ended up just being the two of us. God has been faithful to connect us with um, nationals, and that's just been a blessing. They are pastors that are totally kingdom-minded and uh, are not concerned about uh, the money or, you know, where their people end up, whether they end up coming to the mother church or not. Um, They just want to see God's kingdom advance. And it's taken us a lot of years to sift through. Uh, We've trained thousands of people and we've trained in hundreds and hundreds of churches in Latin America and to find these pastors of peace, but it's been worth it. They've, They've just been wonderful friends, as well as, you know, kingdom workers. When God calls, he provides not just financially, but relationally and in areas that we don't even realize we need sometimes. Thank you for sharing. Those are some of my favorite stories, the way that God calls and confirms the calls that he gives us. So in this season of quarantine in Ecuador, what has that been like for you all? What does the harvest look like? Well, at first, when they announced the lockdown and decided that everybody would be basically indoors from two in the afternoon till five the next morning. The first thing was, wow, what's going to happen? How's this going to work? But 
actually, we've seen an explosion of evangelism. It's been um, miraculous the way God is working in the midst of quarantine, the way people have creatively used um, Facebook, used Zoom, used WhatsApp, whatever they had available, they've been using to reach out. And we've seen churches in, for example, one ch- example, one church in Cuenca has started home churches in Panama, um, Brazil, Spain, and the United States um, using Facebook. Um, this same church has gone from 31 house churches to over 100 house churches. Most of the new ones are digital. It's been amazing that people are reaching out to their oikos. Some, to some were people who, who hadn't been involved before. They're reaching out to their families, to their friends, to their relationships on Facebook, and they are finding people more open than ever before. It's, it's just phenomenal what God has done in the midst of quarantine. We heard one, a quote from one person that said, quit praying for a miracle, we're in the middle of one. And I think that's what I would have to say about what's happening right now in, in, in Latin America. We've had an explosion of um, trainings over Zoom also. Everything we've done has always been word of mouth and referral. We've never advertised and said, this is what we do. Do you want it? It's always been from the beginning, people that we, we trained at our first church by someone who was sick and couldn't come to Ying Kai's first training. And so he invited us to come to his church and train. And from there, it's always been just word of mouth and, and referrals. And um, we have a Facebook called Ser y Ser Discipulos. Um, it's kind of like our No Place Left Facebook. And um, a man from Texas uh, at a Bible institute there uh, somehow through friends uh, found out about us. And he started referring all the Spanish speakers he knew from this Bible Institute to our Facebook page. And then he contacted us and said, Hey, you know, could you do a training for a couple people over zoom? And we said, sure, of course we can. And so we thought there was going to be two or three people on this zoom call. And there were almost 30 from four different countries. So we started that uh, a few weeks ago and still, still are doing it. And then from that training, he also knew a pastor in Colombia, and this pastor contacted Bob uh, by Facebook and said, hey, we heard about your training, and um, could you train uh, our church in Colombia by Zoom? We're like, yeah, we, we can do that. Uh, we'd also trained a church up in Quito. Do you want to talk about that? And- we did a three-night Zoom training, initial training with the church in Quito, and one of the uh, men in that church who's involved with uh, youth all over Latin America in his denomination contacted me afterwards. That led to a uh, training from youth, for youth from six different countries that's happening on Saturday mornings. And then another person on the Tuesday night call is involved with a men's group in Mexico, and he's setting up a training for that group of men in Mexico. It's just how God, just God. is connecting in the midst of a quarantine where we can only leave our house one day a week. Because of our, our license plates, we can only leave one day a week. So it's not like we can go out and you can't go out witnessing even during that period of time that you're available, available to go out. 
all you can do is go to the grocery store or to the pharmacy or, or to the doctors unless you have a special permit. So um, we're, we're basically housebound. And yet in the midst of it, somehow God is just exploding the opportunities and exploding the sphere of influence that we have. And another amazing story, we trained one of the couples in the Tuesday night training has already trained 10 other uh, couples yeah. in the same process. And it's just multiplying uh, in, a, in a manner that we haven't seen before. Right. It's incredible. Praise the Lord for what he's doing in the harvest that is plentiful in Ecuador during quarantine. We also were quite excited because one of our Timothys, uh, he's basically uh, was our national leader here in Ecuador and uh, had multiplied beyond the fourth generation in his area and had raised up his own Timothys and he turned over his network to them and felt the Lord calling him to Southern Chile. Um, he and Bob had been there on um, a preliminary trip and done training there and found a lot of receptivity. And he felt led that he was to go with his family and move to Southern Chile and start no place left there. He was making all these plans when right before the coronavirus hit, um, they left and then, you know, were uh, put down in quarantine in, in Chile. He's already made connections and done trainings and uh, found lots of favor in the area that he's in. And so we're quite excited about that. We, we are unaware of anything else happening in Chile right now. Amazing how God is turning this time of quarantine into such a fruitful season that we would not have expected otherwise. Yes. <laughs> so just for fun, what does a typical day in quarantine in Ecuador look like for you all? <laughs> well, it's kind of untypical for us in the sense that, um, uh, or untypical for people in Ecuador, we're blessed that we have some property up, uh, it's called in the Campo, outside of Cuenca. And our, we have two children, two adult children that live in Cuenca and they own a restaurant there. And they pretty much exiled us to our out of town property. It's, a, it's actually a, a milk farm uh, because it really doesn't matter where we are because we have internet. And uh, so we're up here in the mountains, which is, an incredible blessing. We can get out, you know, outside of our cabin here and uh, move around and we have internet, but basically, um, you know, just spending time with the Lord, lots of Zooms. Our training, we basically coach um, all of the pastors that we're working with every week by, by Zoom or Facebook video. Uh, we've got all the new trainings we're involved with and we're corresponding with the different people, looking at the challenges and obstacles they're facing, figuring out what their situation is in each region, whether they have the ability to digit, uh, to train via internet, uh, equipping them with tools to use over internet, over Zoom that they can use if they don't have a whiteboard in their house or they don't have another means of doing a demonstration or doing a tool, we can, we're providing tools for them. And so it's basically, uh, Plus, revising 
tools that we've, we, as we've learned culturally, uh, things that are working, things that aren't working, as we learn from the field, from the different pastors that are having success, we're re, we are constantly passing that information on to other people. So I would say it's most of our days involve a lot of training and a lot of, of time on the internet. How have you all overcome some of the obstacles of not everyone having smartphones there or when they don't have access to internet? That is still a bit of a challenge. In honesty, there are some areas where there just is no reception. To the extent that the people in those areas can get out at some point in time and see other people, they're doing that to the extent that they might be able to just pick up the phone and call somebody and check in and see how they're doing and what their needs are. They're doing that, trying to reach out in every way possible. Uh, some of the uh, churches are in areas where they can be involved taking uh, food out, or taking uh, resources to those that have nothing right now, and they have a moment to talk with them while they're out. They just have to be back at their homes by 2 o'clock. So they can go out on the day that they're able to, to travel and make a quick round. Um, others are just doing what they can do. In, in, uh, for example, in, in uh, Taisha, which is a Shwar village uh, farther into the jungle, they're able to work just within that area. They can't get to the groups farther out. But they're doing everything they can with the tools they have, depending on where they are. Yeah. Are there any other stories that you all would like to share of what God's doing? Wow, there are so many right now. Um, when it's, it's just, yeah, I think every day we get calls or contacts from our Timothys or people we're working with that just sharing testimonies. Uh, uh, one uh, friend here um, in, um, well, he lives in Cuenca, and um, he came out of a legacy church and uh, is pursuing No Place Left, and he was actually an elder at, one of the larger churches in Cuenca, he had been trying to reach many of his friends and, you know, old classmates and just his whole oikos. Uh, and all of a sudden there are, he's found all these people receptive and he started three new uh, house churches. So, I mean, it's just been so encouraging to hear what, what God is doing and, and people just the receptivity. I think, uh, our biggest challenge right now is we want to make sure that we conserve the the harvest that's happening right now and and continue uh, as Bob was saying we need to figure out ways that we don't lose um, what we have right now but also when things open up we feel like there's going to be an opportunity like never before uh, to be out in the harvest um, that people are going to be you know so open. I think internet evangelism and internet church is such a new thing that we haven't thought about how that's going to multiply and how that's going to work. And we don't want, when things do open up, we don't want to just return to what was normal before. We want to take advantage of everything that we've learned from this and how incredible an opportunity this is, plus do what was being done before. We have, for example, we have a pastor who lives in a, in a city that's kind of between the mountain and the coast, who was able to lead his sister in a jungle area to Christ and now figuring the process of how they're going to baptize her over the phone. <laughs> and so um, we've got um, 
uh, one pastor that we mentioned this creative way that he's using Facebook, inviting people to who would like to receive prayer to join them. Every he's got a devotional he does every night where they they pray for people, pray for pray, prayer requests, and then do a short uh, study of a verse or two with some simple questions. And then they go back to those who connect afterwards via messenger to set up a time for those that are interested in discipleship and learning more. One of my favorite stories from that network is that they uh, had a lady call in whose daughter was three years old and had never spoken. And they prayed for her. And the next day they got a call back from the lady saying that my daughter just said several words very clearly and distinctly. For the first time. For the first time in three years. There's just so many stories of, of people winning family and friends that before were closed. I think it's just, it's, it's hard to remember the individual ones and think which, which are our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is leading to so much openness and fruitfulness in this time? You know, it's interesting. I was just talking with somebody in the United States and he, he was talking about, you know, the idols went. God, God shut down the idols of, of money and all the, all the distractions from life that people are involved in and left people home thinking. And in Ecuador, people are, are examining their lives. Everybody basically lost their jobs. Their businesses are closed. Um, they're all having time to reflect. And all of a sudden, they're realizing that um, whatever it was that was distracting them from thinking about God or, or crying out to God for help in this time was, was taken away. And they're just so much more open to listen. They have, number one, they have the time to listen. Right. They aren't so distracted with work and a thousand other things. And, and number two, they're challenged by the world situation. What does this mean? Is it going right. to get back to normal? Is it going to get worse? What's, what's going to happen? And so they're looking for answers. And people are finding them receptive. Wherever there's people out sharing, they're finding people receptive right now. Yeah, it's almost become no surprise now at hearing these incredible stories. It's just wondering of what, in what way is God going to do the work? <laughs> in what way will the story come? Yeah, thank you all so much for sharing. Here's a question I'd love to ask you guys. What would you challenge and encourage those that are listening that are trying to find a way to make the most of this time in quarantine? If they haven't been working in the harvest, if they haven't been active, being and making disciples, get equipped, get, get trained. Uh, there's so much available through No Place Lab, through you know, so many venues in, in, in terms of their training, their online training in English. Uh, take advantage of it and um, get equipped. Uh, find someone to coach you, uh, to disciple you, and start now. When the doors open up, uh, I mean, they can start now with their, with Facebook, with Oikos, you know, with their Oikos. But when when things open up, that they would be prepared to hit the streets and and just really begin uh, sharing their faith and and making disciples that I think there's going to be an opportunity like we've never seen before. We see a lot of people just putting an ad on their Facebook page. Would you like to hear a story of hope from the Bible? Uh, we'll be tonight at seven o'clock. I'll be sharing a story of hope from the Bible and they're using 
the stories of hope as a, as a means to meet people, to find people who are seeking God and seeking answers. It's as simple as, as using those kind of tools right now. The internet has turned out to be a powerful place and there's a lot of people looking for, for answers. Everybody's got a list of friends on their Facebook page. Great place to start. Just invite them. Hey, if you're concerned, if you're having problems, if you need prayer, if you would like to hear a story of hope from the Bible, those are some of the tools that are being used to draw people in right now. I'm not sure where this fits, but I, I keep remembering this one thing. One of the pastors I was talking with, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, but he basically said when all this started, he said, I just realized that this is what God was preparing us for. Mm. Mm -hmm. When I trained my church, when you trained us, this is what God was preparing us for. And so when it happened, they were set to go. And I think that's true. I think God was equipping people throughout the world, through throughout No Place Left and other networks, other disciple-making movements, that this really didn't stop anything. If anything, it, it led to more evangelism, more people being saved, and more creative ways to increase. And I think the important thing is we don't lose that, that we continue to push that as much as we were pushing the other, other forms before this. Thank you for listening resources, and how to share the gospel and make disciples in over 10 languages can be found at www.live1002.com slash languages. Join us as we live Luke 10 verse 2 until there's no place left. If you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to give it some stars, leave a comment, subscribe, and share the friend. Who are two to three friends that you know may be far from God that you can reach out to over Facebook this week? And who are two to three friends that follow Jesus that you can help equip in how to share the gospel and make disciples? Mm -hmm.